Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spilling Realty. Thanksgiving week is upon us, so we're coming to you a day earlier on Wednesday. Hope everybody has some plans. Everyone's excited to see their families. I am here with my co-host, Alex. How are you? Doing well. How are you, Kendall? I'm well. Good. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Week. Yeah. Happy Happy early all of that. Um, what are your plans for this week? Um, so I, I'm going to be spending, uh, I think, the majority of the day with with my side of the family um, this year. And then we're obviously going to the Turkey Bowl uh, in the morning. I think that's our, their, our plan for right now. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. What about you? Thursday, we have a jam-packed day visiting family, traditional stuff. Looking forward to it this year because last year and the year before that were a little bit different with COVID. Yeah, for sure. As much as everybody always complains about, you know, the stress of family holidays, I'm personally really looking forward to it this year. Now, do, do you and Alan, do you guys typically visit each other's families um, or you try to hit up both or do, how do you guys handle that? So we kind of do a one-off. So because my my parents and my sister, one of my sisters are in Florida. So we bounce around each year. So this year it's Baltimore. So we're going to do everything with Alan's side of the family. Yeah, we, we, we kind of did the same thing. And he has like 30 cousins. Yep. Gosh, it's a huge family. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I came from like a big Italian Catholic family. He's got way more cousins than I do. Um, but so that'll that'll be really fun. I think we have like three different things that we're doing on Thursday. So it will be a marathon. Yeah, that, yeah. It, it, it normally is, I, I think, for, for most people yeah. this time of year is more of the stress comes from making sure everybody is is seen right than than any, anything else but it, it is nice to see everybody it's it's a great excuse to you know get together eat some great food watch some football yeah. um and hopefully uh talk about buying or selling your house maybe oh uh, yeah i always plug that i'm so yeah. annoying um but they um it, it's funny because his family is like they're all very like like my family is very loud italian it is very overwhelming everybody picks off each other's plates like you share everything and his family's just a little bit more low key. So I actually really enjoy doing holidays yeah. with his it's family. It's a little more like, yeah. Because <laughs> mine is Lo-fi. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's, it's nice to, to wind down um, instead of, you know, having to go kiss everybody you haven't seen in a year or two, right? Um, after COVID. Uh, yeah, and they're not as loud. <laughs> My family's really loud. Um, so it's always just a night. I, I think it's like a little bit easier than going down to Florida and having everybody fly into Florida. Um, But speaking of, you know, Thanksgiving, it is that time to talk about like the best and the worst of the Thanksgiving meals. This is always a hot topic every single time of the year. So I kind of wanted to share some stuff with you and get your opinion on some things and where you stand. So BuzzFeed, I love BuzzFeed. They did a national poll and it was putting together the classics of Thanksgiving. The first one was the Battle of the Meats, turkey or ham. Um, I think there have been years we've done both, but I don't know about you. I'm, I'm definitely more of a turkey guy. Me too. I don't actually really don't like ham. Turkey won 67% to 33%, so there was like no contest. I'm not surprised. The, the classic picture of people during Thanksgiving isn't slicing the the ham, right? It could They're be slicing the turkey. So I'm, I'm I'm not surprised by that at all. I mean, I guess it could be. This one's actually really interesting. It's the battle of the sides: mashed potatoes or stuffing. Oh man! See, uh, I I can't choose. It's like it's like choosing between your children. 
Like those are literally the two best sides. This is carb day. Don't get it confused. But especially if you're throwing in like some sausage stuffing or something like that. Like, What's your pick? Good night. Get out of here. Uh, uh, it's so hard. I would. So if I, if I had to, I would just say mashed potatoes because of the versatility. Like you can do, you know, the cheesy uh, ones, the creamy ones. You can do mashed potatoes and gravy. You can do, you know, sweet potatoes, which again, I'm not a huge fan of, but whatever you want. Like you, you have a little more, I guess, more options there than with stuffing. I would have gone with stuffing because it's like one time a year, but the poll favored with you 58% to 42% people are going to pick mashed potatoes. See, it's, it's close. And I, I'm with you too, because it's one time a year. I mean, who the hell is eating stuffing in July? Uh, but what, like if you're eating stuffing in July, like we might have to talk, like what are That's we trying funny. to do? I didn't expect such an in-depth answer from you. Uh, when you talk, when you, when you get me going on food, I mean, like, you know, forget it. I could talk. We, we, we do a podcast I about love it. that problem. So the next one was the Battle of the Casseroles. Mac and cheese casserole or green bean casserole? See, it's funny. That, do you think mac and cheese is a casserole? <sighs> that's a, that's up for debate, too. Right? See, if, if, I, if I were to, to battle casseroles, because mac and cheese, by the way, I think stands on its own. And it better be on your Thanksgiving table. Otherwise, I'm not coming. Did you hear that? Alex is not coming. No, I'm not. And then you also have to have a, a, like a proven track record. You have to have a resume of I've made Thanksgiving mac and cheese five years in a row, 98% success rate. Like we, we have to have some, some solid you know, stats to back you up there too. It's a, that's a pretty important one. Bro. Yeah. But I, I, again, I kind of like both. If I had to choose between mac and cheese and green bean casserole, I would have to choose mac and cheese, but I also love a really good green bean casserole. There was this meme going around. It was like, if you're going to make mac and cheese at Thanksgiving, you better have a resume to back it up. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen that too. Yeah, that was buried in my, in my mind somewhere. That's where I pulled that from. You can't screw, that. You can't screw it up. It's impossible. Who, who determines who's next in line? I don't know. My mom always does it, and that is nobody's I know. touching that. I hear you. But like, you know how like sometimes your great-grandmother's recipe, never, no one ever gets it the right way? I, I don't know. I just get worried about that stuff. So I think there should be tryouts, personally. You know, when, when, when it's time to succeed the throne, uh, we, we have to have a, uh, a Thanksgiving Day tryout for the mac and cheese. Um, we, will, we will take a vote. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, the next one is the Battle of the Pies. Pumpkin pie versus pecan pie. Um, I'm pretty firmly in, in, in the pecan or the pecan, however you want to say it. How do you say that? I say pecan, but I... I feel like you get roasted either way. Yeah. It's like caramel or caramel, you know, whatever. It's funny because pumpkin pie won 56 to 44%. And I get it. You know, that is the most popular one for sure. Again, you think about, you know, turkey versus ham. Pumpkin pie is synonymous with Thanksgiving. Like, I totally get that. See, and I'm not like a pie person. I'm not a sweet or dessert person. I do not like it. So... I'm really indifferent. I don't have anything to say. I also really don't like pies. I don't like the texture. I think pies are disgusting. I know. I'm kind of weird like that too. Um, my, my problem is is the mac and cheese and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes. I uh, I, I typically am usually way too full by, by the time desserts come around anyway. But again, if I had to choose, I would say can pie or pecan pie or pecan pie. And this is funny because this kind of goes into like the next part of the poll, which won by a landslide, but it was like sweet or savory. 
savory for me for sure because again like i guess we get savory all year but you can get sweet all year too you get sweet at halloween christmas there's always an excuse to eat candy right always there's very rare occasions where you roast a whole turkey you know throughout the year thanksgiving wise turkey all day it's turkey day they, they do actually they day. do that's a really good point the other thing is like so well obviously savory one 79 percent to 21 percent. it was a landslide I'm with them on that. Again, I just said I don't like sweets. I am not a dessert person. You will never find me eating dessert at a restaurant. I will never get dessert after a meal. I can't. I'd rather have a glass of wine. I'd rather get seconds. Yeah, that's me. By the way, if you have a unique side that we haven't talked about, please drop that in the comments because I'd love to hear about anything crazy that your family does. I know that you mentioned you were Italian, right? I had an Italian friend who they would literally do like chicken parm and like spaghetti and all that even before the thing, the, the turkey and stuff comes out. It was literally a marathon. We do that, and my mom makes this lamb neck recipe with the bone in it, but it's a big Italian tradition. I forget the exact name of it. Yeah. But yeah, when we visit my family, it's always like an Italian twist on Thanksgiving. On top of everything else? Yeah, like it, it is, it's a long thing. Um, speaking of timing, what do you think is the best time to sit down for Thanksgiving? Oh, see, this is a heavily debated one, too. So throughout my childhood, and I guess I've kind of carried this into my adult life as well, we we kind of always had to work around football. Turkey Bowl in the morning, Lions game usually at one o'clock, Cowboys later in the day. And then past couple of years, there have been you know night games too. So it's literally football around the clock. We're all huge football fans. So for us, it's usually around halftime of the first game, which I believe is around two o'clock most years. That's early. It is early. However, Remember, you're grazing throughout the day, right? So so this is not like, oh, I'm just going to have one plate and I'm done. We, we barely even ate anything, you know, before we went to the turkey bowl or before we watched the turkey bowl at home or whatever we were doing that year. You know, you kind of save that up for the afternoon. And then right around, you know, the time we got home, family started to come over. Cheese and crackers would roll out around like one o'clock. And then, you know, the other appetizers, right? Like my mom was famous for making this uh, crab and corn chowder soup, which is just like out of bounds. Um, and she always serves that on Thanksgiving. So I'm looking forward to that too. But uh, other kinds of, you know, appetizers, pigs in a blanket, bacon wraps, scallops, you know, whatever you're working with that day. And then you hop into the turkey around in between two and three, I would say, you know, around halftime of the first game, I think is normally when we would ring the first dinner bell and then kind of power on through. What, what, what about you guys? I, I could I could talk about anything, I think, given the proper uh, context. And, and uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this year. So. I feel like you could write a whole book on how to Thanksgiving, starting with how to graze properly. <laughs> I love it. It's a marathon, not a sprint. What is your least favorite Thanksgiving item? This is an unpopular opinion for sure. I would say the candied yams. Not a big fan of uh, the marshmallows on top of the sweet potatoes. I'm not a big fan of sweet potatoes in general. Me either. I don't like them. Those are one of the few foods that I, I don't like. Whenever I think of yams and sweet potatoes, I think of like the Friends episode with Brad Pitt, like the Thanksgiving one, you know, where he's like, it's the yams or whatever. And I get it. My least favorite, honestly, is the green bean casserole. I hate mushrooms. I will not touch anything with mushrooms. It's a hard no. I strongly disagree with you, but I, I, I again, I, I understand why people don't like it. If they had it without the mushrooms, no problem. But it takes me an hour to pick out every little piece of mushroom. I, I just, I cannot stand mushrooms. I know when they're in there, it makes everything taste different. It does. They bring that, uh, 
what is it? The, the umami flavor, right? Of, of mushrooms. It's hard to shake. Like if, if they're, if they're in the dish, you're going to taste it. Yep. I can't do it. I, ca- I cannot do it. That's my, that's my wife with pickles. Like I, like I get it. Um, and sh- like I've even, I, I've come home or I, I've forgotten to order like a Chick-fil-A sandwich without pickles. And I'll be like, oh shit. And like, I'll realize it when I get home and try to take the pickles off and then put the bun back on and she'll just take it out of the thing. And she'll be like, there was pickles on here. That's hysterical. So to move on from foods and just some local things, and I want to quickly touch on this because you mentioned the turkey bowl. The turkey bowl is a really big deal. It's kind of like a Super Bowl type event. A hundred percent. So um, there are actually, Baltimore is very blessed in this sense. Is that there are a couple of very deep rooted uh, football rivalries that, that uh, I guess have in our city. I mean, Poly City is one of them for sure too. Um, I don't want to leave them out of it. I know they've kind of been pushed to the wayside over the past couple of years. Um, and uh, frankly, I'm not even sure if, if, if they're still playing this Thanksgiving, but Calvert Hall and Loyola, they met every year except for the COVID year. They, they went literally 100 years straight. It's the oldest continuous Catholic football rivalry in the country. Uh, but after you graduate, it's a very heated rivalry while you're there. Um, but it, I think once once we all kind of, kind of move on and, and we get into our adult lives, like we, we start to realize how much alike we all are. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I grew up with friends who went to Loyola and then we went to high school at separate places. And then, you know, I ended up going to college with a bunch of Loyola guys. It's, it's, it's just funny how, how, how that works out. Cause they, they, they are uh, both very, two very good schools. Um, and of course, uh, I, I want Calvert Hall to win, no doubt. Um, especially cause my buddy, uh, Josh is the head coach of the football team nowadays, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a very unique rivalry not just here but across the country it's 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 a it's a it's a nationally recognized uh rivalry but um it's still very fun to be you know kind of talked about on every radio station you know the day of the day leading up the week up uh, the week leading up um featured on every uh you know local news channel everyone's talking about it um and it's it's kind of fun to be a part of that that atmosphere in that community uh, and to have a rooting interest in it um, I used to, I coached at Calvert Hall for several years, and I obviously went there and I have an immense love for that school. Uh, I feel like it really you know shaped me in the man I am today. Um, I feel like they have I don't know I, I feel more of a connection to them than even my college. Is this a plug for Calvert Hall? Uh, <laughs> but again, like like I said, they're both great schools. I know. I just think it's interesting because it's something that's always talked about. Again, I wasn't in that particular private school circle. Uh, I went to Rome Park, so it's a little bit different. But the other thing is, I guess the big question, and you have to answer, is who's projected to win? Calvert Hall is projected to win. In fact, they they were in the uh, conference championship game last week and and lost to Spalding in a heartbreaker down in Annapolis. Yeah, when I say heartbreaker, they lost by 24 points, but that's okay. Everything goes goes out the window when when these two teams meet on on Thanksgiving morning, and I'm looking forward to to watching. It's always a good time. That's exciting. I can't say I'll be tuning in, but I will definitely be following up with you to figure out who won. <laughs> yep. Well, if you want to tune in, I think it's on um, channel two locally. Cool. Yeah, it's it's the hundred and third, I believe, this year. Maybe hundred and second. Who who has the highest winning record? I believe all time Loyola is still up there, but in the most recent years. Calvert Hall's one more. So it, it, it kind of ebbs and flows, kind of like every, anything else, you know. That's really cool. So definitely check out that if you're local, if you know about it. I and mean, we'll definitely be following up and I'll be grilling Alex about his time at the Turkey Bowl. Our next story before we get into our guest, M. Barlow, with the 
Beauty Boost of Baltimore. She is an entrepreneur, a small business owner, and local real estate agent. We have her coming up. Very cool stuff to talk about with her and her new business venture. But before we do that, there is one other thing that we want to talk about for this special like holiday Thanksgiving episode is the Pop-Tart Gingerbread Lodge that is trending all over Zillow. And there is a contest that is being held by Pop-Tarts, like, you know, the Pop-Tarts you put in uh, a toaster. Um, And they're giving away $15,000 to whoever can create the most unique gingerbread Pop-Tart style house. Alex, I said this to you before we started talking. I think this is pretty cool. It's actually on Zillow. It was built in 2022, two bedrooms, two baths, a gingerbread family residence located in the north of Wildberry Woods in the Apple Fritter Appalachians. Um, It has all the bells and whistles. Let's talk about this because this is really fun. I mean, the, the video was hysterical, and I, I don't have the the creator's name in front of me. I wish I did, but um, good good for them. They, they did a great job um, with with that, with that house. It was it was hilarious. And it's actually on Zillow. Like you can look it up as a listing. That's hysterical. So I I, I love that fifteen thousand dollars towards your mortgage. I mean, you could do a lot with that, right? Not a bad gift. And I loved the the designs where like they were putting the Pop Tart minis on the bed as pillows. All that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, and the, the curb appeal, right? The curb appeal was it's fucking delicious or whatever they said, right? It was so, so funny. But that's actually where I disagree. Okay. The Pop Tarts that you rip open out of the bag uh, or whatever and put in the toaster, I, I this might be an unpopular opinion. I, I hate them. Yeah, I, I, I think they're like burnt. You know they're 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 so crumbly, and then when you get them through the through the, through the toaster, it's it's just like burnt cardboard in, in, encapsulating like molten hot lava plastic. Um, it never tastes as good as it looks. It's you know I, I don't know. I if I'm gonna eat a pop tart, I'm gonna go to the Iron Rooster. Oh, so you like bougie pop tarts? I like bougie pop tarts because you know I'm an adult now. I uh, that's just me. Yeah, I'm being a little snooty. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of my take on on pop tarts. If I'm going to eat one, it's it's got to be done the right way and not uh, pre packaged. That's kind of my hot take on pop tarts. Uh, I'm not as snooty, or I don't have as a refined palate as you do for pop tarts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now what I what, I'll ask you this though: were, did, did did you ever were you ever one of those kids who just like took cold pop tarts to school? Yes. Oh my gosh! And you you ate them out of the bag like a savage. Uh, I was very busy growing up between sports and activities that my mom was like, "Here, throw a pop tart in there." I can't handle that. That's probably why I don't have the most refined palate, to be honest. I'm like a very simple person, a very simple eater. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> whatever. Hey, look, you. It's funny. So I'll I'll hand up, hand up. I, I we were talking about mac and cheese earlier. I I will tear <laughs> up a, a bowl of Easy Mac. I'm not passing any judgment. They're just. Do your kids have pop tarts? Or is that no a no no? No no, they love them. They love them, and that's that's fine because they're again they're 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 toddlers, so they can they can <laughs> they can experiment with that stuff and, and figure out what they like and don't like. Um, I'm okay with that. I think yeah, people like you either love them or you hate them with the pop tarts. I don't know how many of you have as a high end palate as Alex does for pop tarts, but we will definitely be taking a poll on this. I have a feeling you're gonna win. <laughs> um. But yeah, this contest that is partnered with Zillow and Pop-Tarts gives you the chance to design through December 16th your dream Pop-Tart. They're calling it a Pop-Tart quote-unquote gingerbread house. 
Um, but it's all through Instagram and Twitter. It's pretty cool. If you actually search the hashtags, which will pop in at the end of this episode or up here if you're watching it, um, people are getting really creative. And it is really cool to see. I wish I had that much time on my hands to design a Pop-Tart house. Um, maybe I will. For the next few yeah. weeks, I highly doubt it, but I could dream. Pretty cool to see. And I definitely think that I personally am going to be following this because I want to know who's going to win $15,000 for a Pop-Tart house. <laughs> it's great. It's 35 square feet. It's a steal. <laughs> can't, can't beat it. That's that. You know, thank you all again. It is the Thanksgiving week and we are coming to you a little bit early. So without further ado, we are going to dive into a interview with our next guest, M. Barlow, who is a small business owner, entrepreneur. Um, she's going to talk about what it's like to open a small business. Sounds great. So today we are here with M Barlow with the Beauty Boost Baltimore and the Balzerzak group of AB and Co Realtors. M, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for joining me. Fun fact, M and I used to be on the same team, the Balzerzak group. We both started kind of around the same time. I think I was there a few months before you, but so that's how I know M, which is so exciting. And it's been really awesome to watch you evolve as a real estate agent and as an entrepreneur, which I'm really going to dive into today and talk about the Beauty Boost Baltimore. So before we get started, do you want to just give a little background about who you are, what you do, you know, the 411? Yeah. Well, I feel like the first question that everyone always asks me is, what is my name? Is it M? <laughs> and I will say it's Emily. Literally, no one calls me Emily. Everyone calls me M. But I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, in a small town, moved to Maryland right after graduating from college with my husband. Well, he was my boyfriend at the time in 2014. So we've been here for eight plus years. But when we moved here, I didn't know anybody in Maryland. I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And my boyfriend and I at the time, we were together for three months. So I had no idea what what I was about to get into. Um, but fast forward to today, uh, we're married. I live in Towson. And as Kendall said, a realtor with the Balzerzak Group and officially launching the Beauty Boost Baltimore. So it's been a wild and fun ride. You forgot one thing. Uh-oh. You're a dog mom. I am a dog mom. How could I forget? What? Don't tell her. <laughs> Unless she's sleeping next to you. Sorry, Rue. You are proud. <laughs> You're a proud dog mom. I'm a proud yeah. dog mom. I love that. So I just wanted to make sure you gave your dog a little kudos. Um, a shout out. She's the best. <laughs> so um, what I think that's really amazing about you is, you know, when we first met and we were on the Balzer's Act group, you were working at T-Row Price. And now you're launching your own company and doing real estate. You're like a superwoman. How do you balance all of that? Thank you, first off. It's impressive. Um, I really appreciate it. I I left my corporate job, I guess it was two months ago. And I was with with that job ever since I moved to Maryland for eight years. So that was a huge transition for me. And now, as you said, I'm doing real estate um, and then also launching a business. 
I will say it is an ever evolving journey. I think everybody in the world is always striving for balance and just having a perfect balance doesn't exist. But I do, I, my goals for myself are to just be very intentional with my time. I am big into scheduling. Like if you look at my calendar, that is literally how I operate and live is like by my calendar. It's always updated. I love to do lists, like old school to do lists to just like keep myself organized. And also at the end of the day, like I think that you have to give yourself time for yourself. So for me, like I always love working out. I love taking my dog on walks. Like I love having time with my husband where I will literally just put my phone upstairs for an hour and just like completely unplug. So I think I am constantly striving for balance just as much as the next person. I think that's so interesting because with the balance that I feel like how you achieve that so well is because you're very disciplined and you're not only disciplined with your work, but you're disciplined with carving out time for self-care. It just makes me like, I I know that there's so many times where I don't want to work out or I don't want to walk, whatever it is. But when I do it, I feel so much better. I'm in a better headspace at just like getting that fresh air and getting outside. It is definitely a big part of my routine and like how I try and stay on track. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that, you know, especially like the craziness of like the last two years. And now like, you know, people are either getting burnt out or like things are getting back to normal. But it's so important to just take some time out for yourself. And I think that if you talk to anybody who is successful, that is one of the biggest things that they say is like discipline for your career and for yourself. So I love that you like touched on that because it's important. Thanks. I was going to say, I just wanted to add one more thing quick. Yeah. I think it's so important. And I'm, I'm really focusing on this. Um, next year, it's one of like my goals, my words is boundaries. So I had to throw that in like, like setting boundaries for myself. Um, because there's so many times where I will say yes, or I will overcomplicate a situation because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I'm, I'm a big people person, big people pleaser. So like, no, you're like or- so mean. You're like one of the nicest people I've ever met. I'm trying to be like not mean, but just more direct sometimes. Like if I don't want to do something, it's okay. And I don't need to complicate it because I don't want to. I love that. I think that's great. I was like actually just taking a note. Like I love post-its. I was just taking a note about like, you had mentioned it's like your big thing for next year. And I would just wrote down like Kendall boundaries 2023. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's so great, especially in real estate. You never want to say no. Like, and especially (laughs) when you're as like, you know, still considered quote unquote new, like we are, it's like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, fine. Like, all right, I'll do whatever it takes. Like got to get that lead, got to get that sale. And then I think as soon as you start to set boundaries, clients start to respect you more and you start Mm -hmm. to then be able to like get more disciplined and prioritize a little bit better. I mean, I used to answer my phone at like midnight because I was like afraid if I didn't answer, I wasn't going to get the deal. I know. (laughs) And I think, and I think like the market we're just like coming out of, like, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but like you had to be on 24 seven, like you would show a house and five minutes later you had to submit an offer. So there's times where it's still crazy, but like not to that level. And so like, I feel like now is the perfect time to like reset with some of those boundaries, kind of like what you're saying as well. I love that reset boundaries and discipline. So let's talk about the beauty boost Baltimore, because when I had talked to people, I mentioned that you were coming on, people are so excited. You're doing so well with social media, you're having events. So just tell us exactly what it is and how you got involved. 
Okay. Um, I actually love this story. So it was in COVID. I'm going to shorten it, but like it was probably the heart of COVID when, you know, everybody was like distancing and I was still walking my dog. And so I met three other dog moms in my neighborhood and we would like just get together in a field and kind of like distance and let the dogs run. And there was a girl, shout out Jackie, if you ever listen to this. Um, but we were just kind of talking. We were both in corporate jobs, financial firms as well. Um, and just talking about how, like, I wasn't really fulfilled. I had so many different roles at my corporate job, like with clients, high net worth investors, sales, and marketing. I hopped into marketing and I just wasn't fulfilled. And she was like, what do you like to do? And I'm like, I love events. I love connecting people. Like I love building relationships. And she was like, have you ever heard of the beauty boost? And I'm like, nope. And she was like, okay, I'm going to send you like their Instagram account so you can check it out. So she did. I saw it. I'm like, this is so cool. And then I literally did nothing with it. (laughs) Six months later, and I'm like, all right, I'm doing, I'm working this corporate job full time and doing real estate. Like what feels like full time? Like I, I don't want to do this corporate job anymore. Like I'm ready to take a leap. And so I just wanted something else in addition to real estate. And I was, you know, looking at other jobs. I'm like looking at part time, just looking at random things really all over LinkedIn. And I was like, the beauty boost kept popping back into my head. And I was like, you know what? This is, this is who I am and this is what I want to do, but it's already an established platform in other cities. So I want to bring it to Baltimore. The Beauty Boost is a community for women to feel healthy, feel beautiful, empowered, and mainly, most importantly, just a space to connect. And so we aim to do so through events and workshops. That's great. And that literally ties into what we were just talking about a few minutes ago with carving out time for yourself and really like doing what makes you happy and major kudos because you were able to realize like, okay, I'm not fulfilled right now. Like I'm going to put myself first. And I think that is something that more people wish they could do. So good for you. Cause that's probably scary. It's yeah. I mean, it was really scary. It was, it was um, having a stable paycheck and, and Mm -hmm. you know, having a, it, they're, they were a good firm to, to work for. So it was definitely really scary. And I will say, like, with that being said, I'm very aware already of the pros and cons of working a corporate job and like not working a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't regret my decision at all. I'm, I'm really excited. I think that growing up in like such a small town that I grew up in, my high school, my high school, um, class was 72 kids. So community is just so big for me. And then when I moved to Maryland after graduating from college and not knowing anybody, that was really hard. And I mean, that like would be hard. in, in, in college, I met so many different people, but actually none of them were in Maryland. So I really didn't know anybody when I moved here and I would meet people through work and like work happy hours. And that was always great. But I just believe that women want other opportunities to just meet like-minded people. It's very hard to move to Baltimore, fresh out of school, not knowing anybody because it's very clicky. Everybody knows everybody, you know, like (laughs) born and raised here, never left. And so I think that that is really great that you're offering this opportunity 
like you said, to connect with people, because it is really hard to make friends, like, especially when you get older, like, I know that sounds lame, but it's really hard. (laughs) It is. And I do have to admit, like, nothing, not trying to come at Marilyn, but Marilyn is very hard. It is very clicky. It's a joke, but like, everybody always asks, where did you go to school? Well, it's what high school you went to. So when somebody would ask me that, I'm like, you don't care. I grew up in Lancaster County, PA. That is so true. It's like, they really don't. You could go to Harvard and nobody would care. It mattered where you went to high school. Like, like, but where did you go to high school? I'm like, no. Oh, is that your co- Yeah. Like, were you at that party? Like, no. And everybody that's from Maryland knows that's how it is. So, you know. And I have to say, like, now that, well, through real estate and also, like, through launching my business, like, I've actually finally over the past two years, I want to say, gotten to see Smaltimore and, like, really enjoy it, feeling like quote unquote that I'm getting getting in. It it is really cool and it does feel really good. So I'm <laughs> getting like, in. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like a club. I love <laughs> like, it. Everybody in the club. Obviously you host events, you create events for women to connect. How are you getting people to register? So great questions. Um, I will say to give a little bit more insight. So we will next year in 2023 we will have nine signature events. However, in um, the Beauty Boost is in 20 plus cities. So in all of the cities, all of the cities are having these nine plus signature events all over the United States. So we do have a home office and they do help with some of the marketing, um, just like the graphics, which is always really helpful. Um, and some of the like emails, database behind the scenes, they they help with that as well, which is really cool. But as far as social media goes, I mean, that's mainly where I focus a lot of my energy, specifically Instagram, because I feel like that's where my target audience is the most. And I am just really connecting with people, honestly. Like I, I think a huge part of Instagram besides posting and showing up and being consistent is the engagement factor. Um, So I am making sure to engage, making it, making sure to share it and tag people so that they can cross promote it as well. And then I have an awesome ambassador um, squad that is always helping to spread the word too. That's great that you have a team of ambassadors to offer support, help market the brand, get people to come to events, continuing to spread the word. How do people register for the events? Do you have to have a membership or can you purchase individual tickets to certain events? And do you have to be an ambassador? Do you just want to talk a little bit about how people can get involved? So basically, I'll just kind of tell you the three ways that that anybody can get involved. You could just simply come to any event, like grab a ticket, a one-off ticket for any event that will be happening. Or if you're like, wow, I love this and I literally want to come to every single event next year, then it makes sense to get a membership. It's just more bang for your buck. Okay. Now I have some people that are like, M, like, I love it. I want to help you as well. Like what, you know, how can I help you? Like, how can I be more involved? The other option is becoming an ambassador. So that's really cool. It is a discounted membership. So there's like special perks involved with it. There's special ambassador only meetups, like happy hours. 
but it's really just helping to spread the word. And then if there's months where you have extra time and you're like, oh, hey, I can actually like come and help with this event as well. Um, they'll be like ambassadors at, at our events. So it's not like you have to attend every single one or anything like that. Um, but it's more so you just want to like be involved and have more opportunities to meet people and also like help me out. I think that's great that you're offering like a variety, whether it's a membership, purchasing a single ticket to a single event, or um, joining your fabulous team of ambassadors. I think that's they're all really great options. That being said, when is your next event? What's in store for you and your team? Our next event is December 14th. It's a women's empowerment panel at Whitehall Mill. I'm really excited. It's a great lineup. And now you're going to put me on the spot, see if I can remember everybody. We have Tony Lawson. She is the founder of The Bee, which is a nonprofit in the city. I worked with them. She's amazing. And some of the proceeds will be going to The Bee. We have Ashley. Uh, she's on the panel. Um, Carly Heasley is on the panel. Annie Balzerzak is on the panel, who is my team leader and the founder of the Balzerzak Group. We have Carrie Whippy with Shamrock Hill. And then we have um, a financial consultant from T-Row, uh, Lindsay Theodore. And it's going to be all things empowerment, all things leveling up. So it should be a great discussion. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. Great panel. Um, I'm looking forward to your event on December 14th. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much covers it, girlfriend. Thank you so much for having me. Can't wait to see you. And also, I have to give a shout out to my husband or else he's going to be so sad after he listens to this episode. Oh, <laughs> that is so cute. Thank you again, Em. It was a pleasure. For more information about the Beauty Boost Baltimore and upcoming events, be sure to check out the link to the website at the bottom of this episode. That was M. Barlow from Beauty Boost Baltimore. And Kendall, that was a great interview. I loved hearing about her entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, and um, I, I did mention this and just, it was really great working with her on the Balzers at Group. We continue to remain friends. And so I'm very excited to see what the future holds and how she continues to build this business. Yeah, me too, me too. And um, again, thanks thanks to all you for, for, for tuning in. Next week, we had Aiden Jones from the Northrop Group. He's going to come in and talk to us, not just about real estate, but about how he's been so successful on YouTube shorts and his trunk reviews, which if you haven't seen yet, um, you're probably living under a rock. Um, again, looking forward to next week with Aiden Jones. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Kendall, I'll throw it back to you. Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and we'll be back next week. Same time, Fresh Tea. Take care.